YTTP Studios presents To The People Podcast. This podcast is powered by Youth To The People. We make pro-grade vegan, cruelty-free skincare for all genders, pronouns, skin tones, passions, and people. And right here, every week, you'll meet friends of the brand who prioritize wellness, however it looks in their lives, and use their practice to learn more about themselves and heal their communities. I'm Greg Gonzalez, co-founder of Youth to the People. And I'm your host, Alyssa Shapiro. When we initially planned to feature today's guest, it was originally as part of a pair. French fencer Issa Tibus and her boyfriend Race Imboden, who fences for the U.S., are an Olympic couple. And I thought individually, each of them are so cool. And to have the opportunity to ask them about their relationship would be totally inspiring. These are international athletes, Olympians, who support each other and make it work internationally. I can't get over that. But everything didn't work out as planned for us, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. For now, I'm excited for the opportunity to speak with Isa one-on-one, which means that we were able to focus more on what makes Isa tick. My name is Isa Waratibus. I'm a French fencer. I'm 29 years old. I come from a small island called Guadeloupe. And I'm number one in France and number three in the world. I'm going to my third Olympic Games in Tokyo. Isa has won seven world championship medals and 14 national championship medals in fencing. She's also the founder of Essential Stories, an Instagram account that, in her words, gives voice to the most inspiring women athletes. And it's so important to give these athletes space to speak on their stories because so often women in sports are not treated equally or fairly at all. Our original conversation was supposed to take place in New York alongside Race, who we filmed for Beautiful People, but that didn't happen. COVID travel restrictions made it impossible for her to travel to us from Italy, where she was training, before heading to Tokyo for the Olympic Games. She really tried. I mean, she really tried. She was in line to board her flight and was removed, and we were all feeling really bummed about it. But I'm happy to report a few things, and one is that as of this recording, Isa has successfully landed in Tokyo, and also we were able to have an important conversation via Zoom one-on-one about her experience as an athlete, what needs to change for women in sports, and more. I'm so happy that we're getting to do this. We were like in New York, so bummed that it didn't work out for you to come. And it was really nice meeting Grace and it would have been really nice to get you guys together, but I'm really glad we can speak now. So thank you for making the time. Of course, I was so mad when I could not like fly. It was such a terrible day, (laughs) but I'm I'm really happy we can make it work, really. (laughs) Me too. Tell me about your story and how you first got into fencing because I read, I think you started as a ballerina, right? Yes, I started as a ballerina. This is a funny story. Yes, I was four years old and my mom was like, uh, she's going to be good for dancing. And I really liked it. Um, I really enjoyed it. But then when I tried fencing for the first time, it was such a different world. You know, it was not expected. My mom thought about fencing for my little brother. And I was there with, with them that day and I entered the room and I was like, oh my God, I've never seen this sport before. And I was like, I really want to try it. And I just really enjoyed it right away. It was so different from, from dancing because it was not a choreography. I felt like 
more free and like I could do anything I wanted and it was like a fight I used to fight all the time with my little brother so it was just like oh this is my way to just finally fight and no one said that's wrong <laughs> and yeah it's just like try to to beat the other one it was like a nice game I've always liked the, the sport what changed in your life when you realized that you were actually good at fencing I think the first time I went to a competition I medaled and so I was like, uh, okay, I can be good at this, but I was not the best. So I cried in many ways. And I was, everyone was like, oh, you know, it's good for your first competition. And this is when I realized I was super competitive because I was uh, always wanting to, to be the best at anything I was doing. And, um, and yeah, I just felt like it was some part in my life that I always want to, to work hard to reach like my goals and uh, like, I, I never really dreamed of the Olympic Games, you know? It's when I arrived at my first Olympic Games in London that I really realized this is what I wanted. It was so amazing. And I wanted like a medal at the Olympic Games. So it was really like um, smooth, you know? I've never thought that I would do fencing 100% uh, of my time. I was like, do, did, I've always done like many things at the same time. Went to business school. So, it was not like, oh, I'm, I'm so good. I want to do that. It was just really like slowly in my life that it took more and more space. It's really interesting how a choice you made when you were four to pursue fencing has shaped your life in a really big way. Can you talk to me about that? Like this like decision that you made when you were little really influencing your life? When I was young, I went to, this, to the club because it was like a second family and I had a lot of fun and I could express myself. Um, some of the people I met when I was young are still my friends right now. Um, and I felt like I could be good at something and give me a lot of confidence. And also gave me like a goal in life, like, okay, this is what I wanna do and I'm gonna do everything to be good at it. I've done a lot of sacrifices. I left my island when I was really young to push my dreams, I moved a lot. And then I moved to the United States and then to Italy to like to train with many different trainers. So it's just like, um, I think that he helped me to, to realize that I wanted to do my own way and like to create a path in life. And just like step by step, I discovered myself more and more and what I was capable of doing, you know? Yeah. Does it feel like having this like very strong path that you're on? Does that feel limiting? Does it feel expanding? Like, what does it feel like to like know what you're doing right now and have that be what you have been doing? You know, you know most of the time it's scary <laughs> because you don't really know where you how you're going to do it. You know where you want to go, but you don't, you don't know how. So it's like it's more like um, trying to move forward, even if it's hard all the time. You know, and it feels like when you've achieved something, um, you're proud of it because you, you never knew that you could do it, you know, and like you just realize that, oh, I'm able to do so much more than what I thought I could do. And all these people are helping you and you, you have a team with you and, and it feels like you're learning a lot. Um, I had a chance to, to travel all around the world to meet a lot of people from different cultures and, and it's like so, so rich, you know, in my life, it takes a lot of, lot of space and now I'm going to my South Olympic Games, so I'm not the same fencer than I was in my first Olympic Games, you know, I grew up a lot, 
As an athlete, what has fencing and competition taught you about perseverance? Most of the time we see athletes when they win and we think, oh, they are great and just happen like that. But it's a lot of work and it's a lot of um, um, losses, you know, you, you lose a lot more than you win. And we don't talk about that enough. Um, and sometimes you, you doubt about yourself and you have to stop and try to analyze what went wrong and what you can do to, uh, to rebound and to move forward. It's about like, you know, keep going, even if you, you have doubts and you don't believe in yourself. We think that, oh, an athlete has to believe in himself all the time. And I don't think it's true for me, you know, at least I, I sometimes I, I was like, oh, can I really do it? And uh, I was lucky because I was surrounded by the right person. And like, I, um, I found some resources in myself to, to come back and try harder and like it worked for me. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. What has fencing taught you about working with others? I think it's really difficult because it's a really competitive world. It's a really like masculine world and um, it's an individual sport. So when you are in a group, when I was young, I arrived and they were like really threatened by me. And I was like, oh, you know, especially before they expected like maybe women to not be friends with each other. And it's something that I really tried to change as I was uh, growing in my career and I was like oh it's possible to have the same goal and to help out to help each other out you know and now we are a strong group and all the girls are good with each other and I think it's really better to work like that so fencing is an individual sport and a team sport so you always have to kind of go back and forth of, like from your individual goals to your like team goals it's, it's really interesting and I have so many good memories about like medals that we had in teams because you share it with other people and it's a really special moment that's such an interesting point that you bring up I think like as women we've kind of been trained since we were little that like other women are our competition and there's this like there's sense of like being pitted against one another because maybe there's a sense that like there's only room for one at the top there's only room for one of you like we're like the men have a ton of spaces but women get one especially because we don't talk about women a lot so if they talk about one woman you don't have enough space for other women and you think that this is you should fight between each other and this is really something i i try to change in the narrative that there's enough space for every woman and every path and even if it's a sport and it's really competitive and there is one gold medal, I believe that in sport, like everyone should be rewarded for what they're doing because you work really hard and you're always learning something. And it's been really great for me to try to build that during my career to, to be competitive with myself. You know, I'm my own like friend or adversary, but not with other women. And we can just help each other and like be a good team and highlight each other's stories. What does it mean to you to be an Olympian? And has that changed like over the years since this is your third now games? Yeah, definitely. I think the meaning of the Olympic games changed for me, definitely. The first one, I didn't know what to expect. When I was a little girl, I was not watching the Olympic games. I mean, sports is really present in my, in my family, but it's like, I've never really dreamed of it. And it's when I was, 
um, going there for the first time. I was 19 and I realized it's amazing, you know. Um, you represent your country, you work so hard for this goal and you meet so many people. Everyone is watching, it's a really special moment for my sport because it's we don't see fencing a lot in, in TV. We don't talk about it, so it's a really special moment to to uh, compete in front of everyone and try to be the best. Then when I went to Rio for my second Olympic Games, I was already in the top five and I wanted this medal so bad and I didn't get it. I'm, I think I was a little depressed after that uh, and um, it was really difficult to come back from it. And I think it's the failure that um, was the most important for me in my career because after that I had the best medals of my career and I, I stepped back, I realized I needed to be happy too as a woman in my life. And I did like choices for me as a woman and not necessarily for sport, try to find a balance and it helped me a lot. Um, I took some decisions too in my professional life for fencing. This is when I, I left France to travel and train in America. And it was really important for me and I think it, um, it built me too as a woman. Now I'm going to my third Olympic Games and it's still an honor to represent my country, but uh, there are so much more than sports. You know, we realize after uh, this pandemic that everyone had struggle and like sport was not the main thing. We had to stop a little bit and step back and see how we can contribute and to society to make um, a positive impact. And I think this is how I see sport right now, how I can make a change. Yeah, I was actually gonna ask you, like, do you think, how do you think sport and competition have made you better in other areas of your life? And so many aspects of sports are great as a personal level um, because you always push yourself. So you're pushing your limits. So it's good after that, like to realize that you can do that too in your personal life. and. Um, uh, it's a really good question because you know sports is like a selfish world you're doing that for yourself um, and um, and when you have a medal it's, it's a time to share it with people but I think that I came to a point that I want to share other things you know I think sport is a, a great way to talk about other stuff too I don't really like the traditional concept of like an athlete, you know, you, you're supposed to stay in a box and don't talk about other stuff. And, um, and for me, I'm a little different from that because um, fencing is a way for me to express myself, but I want to express other things, you know. And, um, and so it's a part of my life, but it's not everything. I want to talk about you and race and having a partner in the sport because I imagine then your life becomes like very focused and very much about sport and fencing. How do you support and challenge one another and how does it make your life different to like be with someone whose focus is the same as yours? We went to different places in our relationship because at the beginning we wanted to do the same thing exactly the same way because we wanted to push each other and do the same things all the time and we realized that um, we both needed different stuff to succeed, even if we were doing the same sport. So it took a while because at the beginning, we admired each other so much and like we wanted to be the best and to do it the same way, have the same coach, train the same time every time, every day. 
And I think um, we're helping each other right now by giving space to the other one to be themselves. Um, and just like support each other in everything we, we're choosing. We don't train the same way anymore. We just support each other in that. And he found it's the best way for himself to be good. And I found my way, but we're always talking so much about how we want to wish stuff. We communicate a lot and like, um, he's the first person that I call if I win or if I lose. So it's interesting too, because of course he understands my sport. So it's easy to talk to him but we don't pressure each other to do everything the same way. Have you noticed, especially since you have such a close relationship, like has it kind of highlighted for you the different ways that men and women are treated within sports? We notice all the time that men and women are, are treated differently. Some competitions for men are way better organized than the competition for women, and we are in the same sport. Um, the way we're talking about the sport, even for fencing, you know, they always consider that our men are faster, more entertaining, more like, uh, most like stronger than women, and like they should be respected more. So it's it's in a in, in our sport we they treat like men and women differently. It's kind of like an all the time thing. It's it's not just like I don't really like this question because I feel like I need to list the differences, you know. And and it's more like it's 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 a men's sport, like fencing. It's a male sport. Women um, were allowed to compete in that sport after the men, you know. Sabre women was allowed in the competition in the Olympics in in two thousand four. So it's really recent, um, and uh, still. Today, they consider that the sport is um, is better for men. All the coaches prefer to to coach men than women. There are differences all the time. They're, they're making fun of the women when they're fans. Um, but um, it's, it, I think it's in everything, you know? I've always been feminist and I always wanted to talk about this subject, but I've never really had the courage to maybe talk about it and use my platform. And it's the one where like, was like, you need to, to talk about it if you really want to talk about it. And um, uh, also because we have differences in, in America and in France and we're talking about these differences too. Um, and in sport, the way that women and men are treated, we, we notice it all the time, yes. You told a French publication, I'm gonna quote you back to you. You said, I've been told many times that I can't do it. When I decided to go to the United States, I was told that I was too sensitive, that my emotions would crack under the pressure or that a man could do it, but I couldn't. In the end, it motivated me even more. Can you expand on that and that experience of like coming here and being told, like, I know, you know, like I know that feeling of like, oh, little girl, like you're not, yeah. don't worry about it. You don't have to do <laughs> it. Let the men yeah. do it. Yeah, it was, yes. After here, I decided to leave France and it's something that no one has done before in, in the French team in fencing. So I took my courage and I was like, because oh, this is really what I want to do. And I believe in myself. I have this project I want to train in the United States. And it was really difficult because, um, yeah, they said that I could not do it and I was wrong to do it and that... Um, that I would come back crying and or I would quit fencing. I would I won't be able to do it because I was too uh, emotional sensitive. And and yeah, I think it's something that I kept in mind. And I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna prove them wrong, and I'm gonna do it. Um, it hasn't been easy all the time, and sometimes they, they the, the the bad thing is sometimes 
it made me doubt of myself and it's, just, it's a shame because I think it's, if it didn't exist in society, I think there would be more opportunities for women, like less barriers, you know. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I, I never give up. You know, I would never give up because I need to, I need to show that it's possible. You called sports a reflection of society and a way to inspire new generations. Can you talk about that a little bit and like the importance of representation for these new generations? I believe that if you don't see that someone else can do it, it's harder for you to do it. Um, I come from a small island and before me there was this uh, fencer that comes from my island and was Olympic champion. And I always remember that I never doubted that I could do it too because it was done before. And um, then I traveled and, and, and started to get better and I realized that in fencing there was not so much diversity, you know, and uh, an international level. And, and then that uh, woman was not considered the same way. So I was like, I, I don't understand. I thought that everything was possible. And you don't see that everywhere. You don't see the, the stories of uh, um, all these women that are, are doing it or, or the person of, of course, of inclusivity in everything. And I think it's really important for, for people to, to see themselves and to be, to just when they're really young and like just to have this feeling of oh oh if if this person did it I can do it too, and and still nowadays it's not something that there is no equity for everyone and and that that's still a thing that I think we can we can improve on. Is that part of why you started Essential Stories? Yes, yes, I started Essential Stories because um, I was fed up, I think, of all the, the media that were talking about the same thing. It was also just right at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, and we are talking about the same things uh, uh, and about all the same men stories in, in, in sports media. And I was like, there are so many stories about female athletes right now, and, and they need to be told and I was I I started it with my friends they are Olympic champions or, or world champions and I was like there are so many things we can talk about it's always the same subject and also when a woman wins it's always the same questions and there are so much more to say you know and we don't talk about the specificities of what it is to be a woman in sports how it is difficult or maybe which challenges they have and how they, they overcame it you know and I think it's really important to see that and, and to inspire the next generation. I spoke with Race when we had our interview last month about this idea that people are kind of boxed into a lane. Like if you're an athlete, society is kind of like, oh, that's what you are. You're an athlete. Stay in that lane. But we're human beings and we're multifaceted. And I often think about like how women, regardless of what their profession is, are often boxed into being women first. And yeah. they're often given questions about like their appearance or how do you balance it with having children or a family, whatever it is. How, how do you think we need to change how we speak around women doing anything? Like, do we need to, what would you recommend? Like, what would you tell reporters, for instance, to like stop asking women or start asking women? I think we should just uh, ask them what they want to talk about, you know. Um, so many times I, I came to an interview and like, the person didn't even know anything about me and just asked the same question over and over again. And I was like, I don't want, I want to answer this question. And pushed me last time I was in, in an interview and they were like, oh, um, what do you want in, at the Olympic Games? And I was like, I, obviously I want to be the best that I can do, but I don't want to say that I want a gold medal. 
um, because for me it doesn't matter anymore. I'm in, in a period of my life that um, I don't need to say that I want to go middle. I, I had some in the middles and like, I don't want to um, judge myself on the middle. You know, it's different. I know that no matter what, I, I worked hard and I'm proud of what I've done. And he insisted about, oh, but you really want this middle, you want to go middle, right? And I was like, I don't want to say that. And he pushed me to say, to say it, you know? And I think we always asking questions because we want an answer and we don't really listen to what uh, people have to say. Um, and for women, um, they have so many things they want to talk about. Uh, they're seeing the performance maybe a different way than men. We always want women to talk about sport the same way than men. You know, I'm the strongest. I am invincible. I know. I think right now we want to know the real person. You know, how do you go to these things? What, uh, what are your challenges? Um, and I think it's really important to, to give that space. Well, so to answer your own question or ask you your own question, what are your, what are the challenges that you're facing aside from not being given adequate representation, not being given adequate time in the spotlight compared to what men get? What else? What else are the, What else do you need? I want people to know that uh, there is someone behind the athletes. Um, that uh, happiness, you know, it's it's difficult to wish for everyone. And um, it's been difficult for everyone during this pandemic. You know, we faced challenges. I could not train as I wanted. And uh, I was, I needed to face myself, you know, in that moment of, of nothing, that moment of silence and, and, and no abilities to do anything. You know, you with yourself and you realize, oh, what do you really want to do? And um, and what I realized, like, I want to make a change. I want to go beyond sports. I want to go beyond what people expect me to do, you know? And um, what I want is um, for people to stop letting these barriers to people who want to achieve what they want to achieve and help other people to to just, like, grow and, and, and reach their goals and their dreams and to be happy. So you, you went to business school, you graduated in 2016. What led to the decision to go and how has it impacted your life since you graduated? So I was really happy to be in a business school because um, first I never thought that I would do fencing professionally. So going there was like a way for me to prepare the after sports, you know, what I would do after. And also I've always liked to do two things at the same time. So it was great for me to see other people outside of the sport. And, um, and when I've been graduated, I, after that, uh, the Olympic Games, I kind of changed my mind and be like, oh, maybe I didn't um, perform because I was not 100% focused on sports. And so I, I decided to, to do sports all the time. And to, so this is why I also I left to America and did like this full-time sport thing and then um so it changed a lot for me um and and then i realized that i i i'm not this person you know i'm not the person that does only one thing i need many things at the same time and i think that being graduated helped me a lot to just like create my own 
uh, career and, and, and done everything by myself because I was not in the federation anymore and I had to deal with everything, hired my coaches, pay everything, um, dealing with my communication. And, um, and so it helped me a lot with that. I, I read that when you left the French Federation, that changed so that now you're financially responsible for your coaching, your travel, everything like that one before was the French Federation covering those things? Yes. Did you do that to have more freedom over your life? Um, I think uh, I, I left because um, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to go out of my comfort zone. And I stayed eight years in the Olympic Center in France and I wanted to go beyond that to see if I could do better and, and get better. So I had to take this hard decision and it was really difficult because no one did that before. And so I didn't have an example. I didn't have like uh, someone to help me. So I figured out by myself everything. And um, I'm really happy I did it. You know, I learned so much and now I'm totally um, autonomous in everything I'm, I'm doing. Um, I'm really independent and I love it. Uh, I would never exchange that for anything. I take my own decisions, you know. Yeah, it must feel really good to have autonomy over your own life, just to be able to decide what's right for you. Yes, I love it. Uh, it's, it's difficult because it's changed up every day, you know, when, when you... Kind of, I consider that I'm the CEO of my uh, sport career, uh, and you always need people around you to to be better. Something I learned too, but you need the right people, and you can choose them. But um, it's uh, it's really nice to take decision and figure out what uh, what's the best for you, and make mistakes too. I think it's essential to make mistakes and to learn from it. Much like the defeats are just so important to your sport career to be able to get better and see what you can do to improve. I learned so much from the failures I had. And even if you don't see how in the moment and you're really like sad about it or angry, after all you realize, oh, I, it changed me and, and I'm a better person, I think. Yeah, that resonates. That makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> um, what is your hope for the future of women in sports? I hope that we consider women in sport like um, as their own, and uh, they don't. We don't compare them to anything to to men anymore, and we just try really to understand um, what it is to be a woman in sport, how we can talk about it, and how we can help to um, to develop the, the the sport. Because I think that right now we cannot do without women in sport. We are here. So now we have to figure out how we can make it better for all the women, you know. It's essential for me. Um, how we can invest, how we can develop sports, how we can um, create more visibility, uh, how we can help the young girls to not stop sport when they're from a young age and help them to continue. I think it's important because if they can do that in sport, they can do it in life. It's, you know... And, and for everything. Okay, one more question. Well, it's a two-part question. What does unity mean to you? And what do we need for there to be true unity? Unity for me is to accept um, other people's differences, you know, and uh, compassion, essentially, and respect. I think it's really important. Um, and if we have that, and if we just try 
to live with people as they are, I think we will be in a better world. To the People podcast is a production of YTTP Studios. You can find us online at youthtothepeople.com and get 15% off your next purchase when you use the code TOTHEPEOPLE15 at checkout. For more on Isa, follow her online at Isara Tibus and at Essential Stories. This episode was produced by Mena Zell and myself. It was edited by Mena and our theme music is by YTTP co-founder Greg Gonzalez and Hannah Fernando. I'm Melissa Shapiro. We'll talk soon, but not as soon as last time because we're taking a quick break to work on the next season for you. More info on that as soon as we have it, but we can't wait to talk to you then.